0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey... Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka at Blender, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Thursday, Thursday, October 6th, and uh we'll be looking a little bit about NFL. MLB is pretty much over, right? I guess this this playoff DFS contests, right? I guess you could play the MLB playoffs, you could. I'm not. I baseball's done for me. I who cares who wins the World Series? Doesn't matter. Are they in my lineups? Then I don't really care, right? That's that, that's at least my perspective. Uh, but we got NFL. we got NBA uh, NBAs coming back in two weeks. That's going to be chaos, right? I'm going to just gonna calm before the storm. Just have a nice two-week kind of almost re- relaxation. Like it's all oh, NFLs going on. And of course, I got soccer, MMA. Not this weekend, right? Remember tomorrow, uh, Fridays, typically we cover uh, the, the MMA slate, but there is none this week. They're off again. I don't know, for whatever reason, then there's a couple of a bunch of weeks in a row where the, there are events. So tomorrow's just kind of, you know, casual Fridays as usual. But uh today for uh, for Thursday, maybe look about the showdown slate, maybe look at prize picks a little bit, Uh answer questions in the chat. You know, I'm I'm always here for you, YouTube people, like the people that listen on the podcast feed or listen or watch later or whatever. You know, you could always show up at 11 o'clock in the morning. Ask anything you want. I see the what tos. So, Suki, okay, Suki Singh. Suki Singh's not showing up as early as uh, Suki normally shows up. But give me those thummy thumbs anyway. Good morning, Doug Montgomery, Bart B, MJC, Matt Mears, Jacory Brazil, Defick. right? New hat, yes. Yeah, I know. I no longer wear the, the Louisville City FC hat. Uh, I also have Racing Louisville uh, FC merchandise. It, it, I, it, I'm a founding member of both clubs, season ticket holder. Uh, canceled all of that. Uh, feel free. Feel free to Google. Feel free to Google. uh, uh why, why, one, why one would do so and distance themselves from being a supporter of that club. I support the players. I do not support the ownership. Uh, they will not be getting any more of my money uh, at at any point. So, feel free to go Google the Yates report uh, that they did on women's soccer in the NWSL, and you'll see that our ownership here in Louisville were involved in it. So i'm not supporting it anymore so i got my DraftKings hat right i got this a while ago i got the and it's a fitted one i I love the fitted you know that you don't get the snapback whatever back there so this is pretty good it's a little little meshy right it could be a little bit harder but yeah i got i got my got my hat probably get get a couple of new hats i all i just have louisville city hats pretty much so uh may have to get some get 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 on the get on the the online shopping and and get some get some new hats ah Paul Zayner's here. New grinder here. Excited for the content. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, th- thanks, thanks for showing up. Give me those thumbs, thumbs up, thumb, the thumbs, the subscribe, subscribes. Do whatever you want. Uh, go back and watch all old, old episodes of the pregame show. It's Like this is a lot of it. This is evergreen content. And then obviously subscribe to Roto Grinders. Become a Roto Grinders Premium Member Combo Premium. You get all the sports. Right. You get lineup HQ. Get all the tools that I show on the show. You can. I mean, go get it. Click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. D-Fick asks if I'm watching Welcome to Rexham. It's on my it's on my queue. I, it, it, NFL season. Look how many shows I do. A lot, a lot of times I just don't have the time. I just don't have the time, and I also have to fit my wrestling in, right? Because I'm watching that all the time, also. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's on my list. It's on my list. JWH says maybe substitute a soccer breakdown for the Friday MMA coverage. If you ask, if you show up, JWH show up, and i I could I could talk about it. The EPL slate they don't even have prices up, so i I've, I've no idea what's going on uh so and then he says so that we can hear a lot of stuff that will all change once we get 45 minutes before the slate starts and then the madness ensues yes that that that's what soccer is you could have the projected starting 11s but an hour before kickoff then you get the actual starting 11s and uh uh they're 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 most likely will be changes this guy's in and that guy they rotate they're rotating this the formation changes you have to know how to react uh an hour before the slate uh let's see so if you have any questions feel free to post them in the youtube chat i i, I always have stuff like like oh i I could talk about this if no one has anything else to talk about. Like, you know, like prize picks. Get on that prize picks early. Use the promo code GRINDERS. First time to bonus $100 deposit match bonus or whatever. I think use the promo code GRINDERS. You get that? You got to get on these early. I keep on stressing that. There'll be a Blitz release show on YouTube on this channel uh, later today. That'll be Cardi and uh, Keith Eister. And uh, they'll, be, they'll be going over some props on prize picks and underdog. And those types of sites, Monkey Knife Fight, using the Blitz projections, which you could get here at Roto Grinders. And that's what I do. I look at the, that, Hardy comes out with initial projections Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday, he makes usage adjustments. Uh, i try to find the largest discrepancies I possibly can on Tuesday night and, uh, and hammer them as much as I can. So, so I mean, I, some of my stuff is already gone. I think half, half of my price picks have moved already. Once they move, you're done, right? You want to get the you want to get the best number, okay? Don't don't settle for like, oh well, I could get it five. I got it five yards too much. It's like no, get it get it get it early, right? I, let's see what 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 did I what do I have on prize picks? I'm not I'm not going to ruin like the, the the Blitz release show, right? So you watch that, and hopefully by the time that show comes out, the numbers are still available. Uh, but you could just subscribe to the Blitz. It's Like I'm not doing anything special. Right, just subscribe to the Blitz, and you see all these statistical projections here. Right, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards. Right, and you're looking for the largest discrepancies, especially since you need to have a 58% win percentage with the fixed parlays at Prize Picks, and also you have to compensate for the fact that these are means and the the the, the betting lines are medians. So, like you need you need a little bit even more of a buffer. So, like I look here on Prize Picks, and what stuff have I gotten already? Already, I, I got Damian Pierce at over 60 and a half, right? He's now up to 65 and a half. I have the Nick Chubb under 90 and a half. It's now down to 87 and a half. Uh What else? What else do I got? Devin Singletary. Oh, I got a good one. Devin Singletary. I got over 40 and a half. That's what it was on Tuesday night. They bumped it up 11 and a half yards, 11 yards. Right. So that's a good one. Right. I got Christian McCaffrey over 50 and a half. He's now up to two more yards there. Let's see, one on the receiving, receiving that I got. Uh, let's see, what, what do I got on the receiving end? Uh that's moved. I know that the, the Seahawks receivers, yes. Once we, yeah, Lockett. Like Lockett, what do I have? Lockett at? I got Lockett at 60 and a half. He's now up to 62 and a half. I got Metcalf at 55 and a half, and he's up five yards. I got Pitts under 50 and a half. He's came, he's come down three yards there. Pickens. Yeah, Pickens. I got I got the good one on Pickens. I got Pickens under 45 and a half. It's already come down 9 yards. Right? So I got I got DJ Moore over 47 and a half. He's now up another 3 3 yards, which may move even further. I mean, some of these may me move, move even more, right? So that's what I got that that's that's moved already. I got some I got I got other stuff here as well. I got Mills Pat, I got okay, I got the Mills passing yards. I got him at 220 and a half. He's now up 15 more yards. Right? I don't want to. I don't want to say anything else that I necessarily have because you need to subscribe to the Blitz, right? Or watch the Blitz release show later today. Whatever they whatever Cardi's talking about on the Blitz release show, and he's talking about oh the Prize Picks lean here, you know, there, here, an underdog or whatever, whatever it is. Most likely, I already have. I already got because I'm using his projections. I mean, like I, I'd be looking. I, I'm looking at the same exact thing, right? It's not complicated. You don't need to decipher anything. Like look. You just go to the the Blitz page, and you go here, and then then once you get cl- on Fridays or something, you'll get like pass attempts and the fantasy points, and they'll put up other categories here, right? Because a lot of times they'll, they'll leave it up for like Thursday night, right? Receptions, right? They're coming out with like more Thursday night stuff, but then once Thursday night's done, they come out with some of these 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 other statistical props uh, for for the for the Sunday games. And then just jump on them. Jump on them as early as you can, right? Just compare them to projections and you're looking for the widest discrepancies, right? Something's off by two yards. No, you no, you, you, you need to beat it by, by way more than that, right? And then if the line moves in your favor, that's a good signal that, uh, you know, that's called closing line value. Although on props, it's, it, it is what it is. It's not the most liquid of markets, but it's it's a sign that if if you get the best of the closing line on more of on more of your bets consistently, like that's just a proven methodology, a proven signal that 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 you're 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 profitable, right? No matter if if you, if you if you don't you know hit all of them, right? If you don't go over fifty eight percent, it would be like, well, if I at least beat the line like Brandon Cooks last week, I had someone DM me saying, you know, oh thanks because so, I post on Friday, like here's all the stuff that I have and it's all moved right? Because I'm, I'm, you got to do this for yourself. Okay. And then people just go, okay, they tail me and they bet all those props, even though they moved, they all moved. And a lot of times they go over anyway, right? So a lot, you have a rushing yard prop that moved eight yards in your favor. And then, and then the guy rushes for 110 yards. So it doesn't even matter. Right. Cause you have, instead of 60, you got, you had, they, they got the 68 and he rushed for 120. Right. And then, and so it was, oh, thanks. Thanks for posting whatever I said. And he said, Uh, uh, I got, I got all of them the same as you other than Brandon cooks. Right. So Brandon cooks last week, I had the 55 and a half. And by the time it closed, it was 60 and a half. And, uh, he got 57 yards. Right. So on Friday people, Oh, okay. I'm going to Brandon cooks over 60 and a half. It's like, no, no, you lost, you lost that one. I won that one. So like you say, Oh, I got everything except for that one. And my response right? My response is, well, that one on average every week is going to be the difference of why I make money this season and you don't. Like that's, that that's literally all it is, right? Because you, you're looking for over 58% win rate. So you're like, you're not, it's not going to be, you're not going to end the season with, you know, oh, I won 78% of my props. No, you're going to be somewhere, somewhere, hopefully in the 60, 62% range. You're going to be, you're going to be close, so if you if you could get the best of a number, the best number possible, and on average, you know, get one more than you should on average for 18 weeks in the season, like that's that's going to be significant. That's going to be the difference between you winning money on the season and losing and you losing money on the season. So do that consistently. Don't don't contact me that sa- Saturday night. What props do you like? Like you're already late. You're too late at that point. None. I don't like any of them. Right. It's, there's nothing unless some new, some big new. Oh, Schefter tweets out that uh that oh all the Ravens are out, and it's gonna be the fans, and now the fan, you know, then then you could bet all the unders or but bet someone else's their backups over or so, you know, like something like that. A lot of times those lines aren't even out. But you're not know, you know, it's Sunday morning. This I'm not doing any any prop betting. Prop betting I'm doing t- Tuesday night, Wednesday, right? I see the news like coming out today. Maybe, maybe, you know, oh this guy's out, maybe I could rush. You know, they're so like, oh, the running backs out, and they, so I could put the unders or overs on the passing game. Like, you could do stuff like that, but you have to react to those really quickly. And you'll see with basketball, like don't, that, you may you may literally have less than sixty seconds. Right? Some news will come out in basketball. So and so is probably sitting tonight, right? And it's like, oh, if they're sitting, that means this guy, you know, his usage goes up. Like, dude, sites like Price Picks and Underdog, they pull those things like very quickly. You can get them in if you're quick enough, but a lot of times they pull them and then like 20 minutes later, then the new new numbers for the entire team come out. But if you can get there quick enough, then you're going to get a lot of closing line value. So that's, yeah, that's the name of the game in this. You had the, the early bird gets the worm. Get, get all the worms you can, right? And if you're using an origination strategy, you're not waiting for the sportsbook lines to come out. You're not looking at you're not looking at, at prop lines around the industry, at FanDuel or DraftKings or BetMGM, and then comparing, oh, the price fix line is off. It's like, dude, it's not going to be off enough. At that point, you need to get them early. Uh, let's see. Anything else in the YouTube chat? Feel free to, I'll talk about anything you want, right? Uh, MJC asks, uh, can you briefly talk about why building one to three lineups versus five to 150 is irrelevant for success? I know you mentioned this before. trying to better understand how the more lineups doesn't equal better odds. It doesn't equal better odds. Right? It how does it it doesn't understand the difference between win odds and return on investment? The lottery tickets. Let's let's use an example. The the, the mega, whatever billionaire, whatever lottery, whatever, the Powerball, right? It's a $10 ticket, and you could win. Five hundred million dollars, or whatever. Okay, if you buy one ticket, right, you have an X, whatever amount of shot, a million to one. Let's just estimate, right? Just about yeah, I got a million to one shot. If you buy two tickets, you have a five hundred thousand to one shot of winning, but you spend twice as much, right? Your ROI is still the same, right? So, like, if the odds of you hitting are in a million to one, if it's a negative EV bet. Having more negative EV bets. Yes, it gives you a better shot at hitting it, but you're losing more and more money as you do it. So just piling up negative EV bets. that's Yeah. It, on, a, on a small sample size. Sure. Imag- imagine uh, lo- in the lottery, if it's a million to one, but it costs you and it, it's a million to one to hit. It li- we'll have to say it's even higher than that, right? It's a, it's a five, 50 million to one to hit but they only pay you $10 million. So if you bought all the numbers, you'd spend $50 million to buy all the numbers. And you know what your odds of winning are? 100%. You would have the absolute best odds of winning. if You bought literally every combination of numbers. And let's say that costs you $50 million, but the prize is only $10 million. Okay. So your odds of winning are 100% and you lose $40 million in the process. So yes, you're, you play a second lineup of a similar EV. Yeah. You have a twice as likely shot at winning first place, but you're playing twice as much for it. What is, what is first place? I mean, like it's a one-to-one every lineup is independently, has an EV independently. So if you're building 150 lineups, that are negative EV, you're just losing more and more money, right? Because the expected value is a bad line. Uh, I'm going to build 150 lineups that have all injured players in it and backups. Do, do, Do I have a better shot than you of one good lineup of winning first place? No. My lineups are awful. My lineups have virtually no shot at winning, yet I have more of them. So what are my odds of winning versus your odds? of winning, but we don't care about odds. We care about return on investment. If someone was able in the million, let's say in the milli, someone was able to in input in a, input a, a, a million dollars worth of entries, a million dollars. Like well, how many, it's typically a $20 entry. Like let's say you could put in, one person could put in 50,000 entries. Okay. One person. 50,000 entries. That's a million dollars to enter. Typically, the Millie has like 250,000 entries in it or something like that. So there's no entry limits and someone puts in, I'm going to make 50,000 lineups. So I have like 20% of all lineups that are in the contest. You know what my chances of winning first place are? Much higher than everyone else's because I have a fifth of the goddamn lineups. So just just by sheer number, as long as they're reasonable enough lineups right i'm going to have a very good shot at winning first place and lo- and then losing money or if i don't come in first place i lose money like literally if i came in second place i'm down a ton of money if i did that even playing 50,000 lineups because the prizes don't go up the more entries that you put in you're just spending more and more money so if you're bu- if you build one great lineup versus someone that builds 10 Horrible lineups. You have a you you have a higher ROI than they do. They have a better they they have a higher shot at winning. But in the if you normalize it to a time frame, right across a lifetime, you end up making more money than they do because they're spending more money. They're spending more money and they're winning. They're winning first place at a rate at more often than you. But you win. From a ratio perspective, more often than they do, but this is very basic statistic. This is extremely basic statistics. This is middle school statistics, okay? You put in one you put in one lineup. I put in two lineups of the of the same expected value, and you put in one lineup of the same expected value. My chances of, of winning this single contest today, is twice as much as you, but I pay, pay twice as much. You could pay twice as much also, right? Of winning, our ROI is exactly the same. Though I will win twice. I will win twice as often as you do, but I also spend twice as much as you do. So, picture you put in one, I put in two. Which means, let's just say, just for the sake of numbers, that I win. Whatever you consider winning, maybe this is only a hundred-man contest, right? Like it doesn't have to be a million maker or anything. I put in two, and I win one in every fifty contests. You have a, this very the exact same expected value lineup. You win one in every hundred contests, right? It's the same same exact expected value of the lineup. But I have two lineups, and you have one lineup. So I win every fifty times. You win every hundred times. Do the math. I but I'm paying twice as much. So that's I'm winning I'm winning twice as often, but after after five hundred times, five hundred contests, I have won what? Ten times. You have won five times. We so have to pay twice as much. So our ROI is exactly the same. It's exactly the same. I put in five entries. I'll I'll win five times more often than you, but I also paid five times as much. This assumes that our lineups are equal. With the fact that the field in general are are weaker in larger field contests, people are putting a lot of bad lineups. So if I play 150 and my 140th lineup is still better than most people's first lineup, I'm taking advantage of that. You, I, if, if I could put in plus EV lineups that are better than average in the field, I'd want to put in more. The person that's putting in one lineup isn't at a disadvantage because of the number of lineups. It's the expected value of that lineup. It doesn't matter who, what user that's attached to. It just so happens that in, especially in the large field contests, there's a lot of people that put one or two entries in that put really bad lineups in. So my, my, my 10th lineup is better than their lineup. My 50th lineup is better than their lineup. People that put in three, there are people that put in plenty of bad lineups. So if I could make, if I, if my, if my 150th lineup is still better than 95% of the field, that's why, that's why people, that's why the max people that, that play 150 lineups do that. That's exactly the reason why they do. Oh, let's see through the YouTube chat. JWH, do you only play five-man Prize Picks entries since the implied probability need to beat goes higher on PP? The more legs you add, now you can play the five-man. The, the the five flex on Prize Picks is good. I prefer the five power on Underdog. Like if you can do it, th- obviously the numbers are different. Underdog has different. No, it, don't 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 pick numbers that are bad. If Prize Picks has over sixty and Underdog has over sixty-five, like use the prize picks number don't don't sacrifice five yards for the sake of you know oh their three their three pick power is old pays out a little bit more you'd have to adjust for that you'd have to see how many yards is worthwhile to give up that i mean there's a math you could do the math on that but the five the five picks on on on, on price picks are fine the question is is that they have no like csv upload functionality they have no round robin functionality they've no they don't have you have to put in everything manually on price Picks. So if I'm doing two pick powers, it's very easy to keep track, right? It's easy. I could just like start from the top. I go and identify, you know, 15, 20 different inefficient lines. I write them all down and then I start at the top and I go the first one with the second one, the first one with the third one, the first one with the fourth one, and I have to put them all in manually. I could It could take me, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Go, okay, I'm putting Mills is over with the Aaron Jones under. Mills is over with the Chubb under. Mills is over with the Pierce over. And depending on how how large the discrepancy I may change the amounts, right? Some may be 25 bucks, some may be 50 bucks, some may be 100 bucks depending on how wide the blitz has from the project from the from the from the line. And you could do that with two picks cuz you you could just go down the line. I'm gonna, I'm going to pair this one with the other 19. Then once I'm done with that, I pair the second one with the other 18, the third one with the other 17, the fourth one with the other fit. So like I have like I could have several hundred two picks on price picks, right, of anywhere from 10 bucks to 50 bucks to 100 bucks, depending. It would be better mathematically because of how they pay out the five pick flex with the 0.4 that like you get a little extra equity to do the five picks. Good luck, keep track, good good luck. Good luck, good luck doing that manually. And not, and not entering stuff that is, you duplicate, right? You'd be able to then take all these, put it into Excel, extrapolate all the five pick combinations, and you're going to be there all day doing it. Because you have to do it manually. So imagine how, what, what's the permutation? It's not a per. what's the combination? Because the order doesn't matter. Of 20, of 20, different picks or bets or whatever in every combination of five it's 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 a, it's a hell of a lot it's a hell of and you have to enter that manually pick find the one pick one pick two pick three pick four pick five over 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 put in the amount hit you don't know have any combinations They're hundreds hundreds upon hundreds of that over that i mean like tons Good luck doing that. Good luck doing that and not screwing up. If there was an upload functionality, if there was a way to do that easier, then yeah, that's that's exactly what I would be doing. I wouldn't have any problem just going, okay, what's what's the ID number on on the pick and be able to say, okay, here's 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 a CSV, here's a here's a spreadsheet document that has all of mine on and and I could I could just come up, I could just put in all these and go, give me all the combinations of fives. And put them in the cells, right? And then just upload that. If I could do that, I'd love to do that. But you can't do that. I don't think they'll ever let you do that. Because the types of people, understand it's it's uh, you know, kind of a selection bias. If they were to offer that, that you could upload CSV upload your your picks on underdog or prize picks, the only people that would find that useful are people that they probably don't want their action from anyway, right? Like it's a self-selection issue. So not going to do, no, they want the, the, you're on your phone, you're on the toilet and, oh, I like this guy and I like that guy. The game tonight, oh, I'm going to pick, uh, you know, oh, Russell Wilson's going to throw a lot of yards and this, you know, like that type of stuff. They don't, they don't want, they don't want someone like me. I, I, they limit people like me. I haven't got, I, haven't, I don't even know what the limits are. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I don't, but maybe I've been under the radar because I don't, I don't do $500 picks. I'm doing a, just a series of like $10 to $50 ones. So as of right now, I haven't, I really, I, I don't, I, I sometimes hit a daily limit. Like, oh, you could only wager X amount per day. I'd be like, okay, well, I guess I gotta, I gotta wait until midnight in order for that to reset or something. Right. So I always have to keep track of that. But, uh, I have to expect at some point that they're going to, that it's going to be like, oh, cause I've heard other people. They're like, they're limited to like max a hundred on any pick and max up 1000 winnings on any player. The fact that they're mad. The, oh, you max a hundred. It's like I'm. I'm not even betting a hundred. But maybe that's why I'm staying under the radar. I guess I've. I have no idea. Because I'm winning. I'm winning. And doing you know all these round robins and stuff for for lower amounts. It's amounting to, right? I could. I could easily. I could easily have on for this Sunday. Ten thousand dollars worth of picks in, but it's over the course of like twenty to twenty five different props in all the combinations. Oh, let's see. Uh, Michael McDowell. Hi, any advice on making the leap to a simulator tool from using projections and optimizers? I, I'm not as sure what what you mean by that. If you're using a simulator, if you're building your own simulator tool, it will build the line, like you, you're not, you're, you're running contest simulations. You'd, you'd be programming and the Linus would just spit out and you wouldn't even have any, you wouldn't have to do anything. Talk to Dan Daniel Hutchings in here, nerdy tenor. He's not sitting there going, "I want this of this and this." No, it's just like he just runs it through a program and spits out lineups and enters them. He may not know how much of anything that he has. Oh, let's see. Mike B asks, "Is tennis somewhat similar to MMA minus the extreme scoring?" I guess so. I don't play tennis DFS, but I'm assuming it's binary. I assume it's, it's it's bimodal, right? Someone wins and someone loses, right? Is is I don't know tennis scoring that I don't, I don't play tennis DFS, but I have to have to assume that it's very hard for a losing player, a losing to be in a winning lineup, unless it's like all the big favorites win by a lot and have a lot of aces and stuff, and all the favorites win on a slate, and you need the high scoring underdog, like just like MMA. That happens in MMA sometimes. So I would I would figure that that tennis scoring in DFS is quite bimodal someone win, if some of some of a men's tennis player wins 6-0-6-1-6-1, they probably scored a lot of points and the other person probably didn't score that many points right they didn't they only won what two games and three sets that's what i would assume i have no idea like i said i, I don't play tennis tfs baker helton asks i know you like to find the weakest opponents are there any small to mid-sized single entry three match dpp's that you played or would recommend. No. I prefer to play less than 10 lineups a week, but a lot of the mid to high stakes, smaller field contests seem to be filled with the top pros. Yeah. You could then play the large field stuff. You could do that. Fine. Download the CSVs and see for yourself. There's no such thing as like, oh, this is where all the weak people play. In general, it will be the large field contests. Okay. The easiest contests are the, are the, the, Whatever the featured large, the millimaker maker in NFL is the softest contest in all of DFS. The millimaker maker. The issue is it's extremely top heavy, and to realize your EV will take you like 400 lifetimes. Like that's that's the only problem. That's that's the only issue with it. But from an expected value standpoint, you're playing against the you're playing against the rake is paid easily by lineups that have like no no shot at all. Right, and then you have plenty of min cash type of lineups. Like in in the millimaker maker, it's it's quite possible that you could put together some very reasonable. Like you don't have to do any galaxy brain anything. You don't have to calculate much. You're like, well, I don't want to play all the chalk, but I also don't want to like fade all the chalk. You build a lineup; it's going to be better than like forty percent of lineups in the contest automatically already. Like just just by just like you could just hand build. You could just like barely look at the slate and still be better than 40% of the lineups in that contest. Like That's how weak that contest is. Problem is, is mostly equities in first place. <laughs> that's the only thing. But the same thing with the, any of the large field contests. If anything, you, you should be in the large field contests to determine a good signal on how strong or weak it is, is what percentage of the contest lineups are made from 150 max players. Now, I'm not a 150 max player, so like I may have 50 lineups in there and there may be very strong lineups. But you're not gonna be able, who knows? You don't know this person. Someone put in 20 lineups. Are they good? Are they bad? I mean, you'd have to download every CSV and 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 analyze everyone's lineups, every single slate to see who's good and who's bad. But in general, from a signal standpoint, if you're playing a large field contest that has 30,000 entries, right? And let's say there are there are 30 players that, that. Forty players, let's say, that are being in one hundred and fifty entries, right? So that's six thousand lineups. There's three thirty thousand entries total in it, right? So six divided by thirty, right? That's twenty percent of the field. So twenty percent of the field are one fifty maxes If you go to another contest and it and it's like, oh, there's there's ten thousand entries in here, whatever it is, and you find that, oh. Forty percent of the field is 150 maxers. Like that would be that would be a stronger contest. So you would define the the weakest contests from a large field perspective, 150 max type perspective. You'd want to fight. You want to have contests. The more, the more and more that the less and less that 150 maxers make up the field. That's why the slant in NFL is probably the sharpest large, large field contest in NFL. It used to not be. When they used to have field sizes, they used to have that contest sized at 50, 60, 70,000, and then have like maybe 25, 27% of the lineups were 150 maxers. Now that contest is only sized at like, at what, 25,000? But it's about the same amount of 150 maxers. So, like, we, in that contest, like 45% 45 of entries are 150 maxers. So it's a, it's a, quite, quite a tough contest the flea flicker is 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 softer right because it has 53,000 i think this week it has 53,000 entries for $5 and maybe on average is like 32% are 150 maxers it's like okay but now, like i said that's a signal there are plenty of 150 maxers that come and go that aren't, aren't very good they're putting in 150 bad lineups so you know you'd have to analyze the contest individually on the small field size like yeah you're you're you're, look, you're looking to find the weakest opponents. And most of the time, the higher stakes you go, the smaller fields you go, those are very strong fields, right? If you're going to play, you know, 400 man, whatever, $800, 888, or whatever, whatever they offer, you're going to be competing against very good lineups. On average, there may be some, I mean, obviously, you know, maybe five, 10% or, you know, people throwing their money away, right, in the long run. But for the most part, like 90% of the field you're playing against you're playing against really good players, high projection, high leverage, good, good combinations, good correlation, everything. They they're analyzing stuff for that exact contest field. Of course, you also get plenty of like kind of the the high the high stakes cash type players that just throw their lineup into everything. So that adds some extra edge for you. If you if you're there, there's plenty of plenty of lineups like that. There's uh, well, I'm playing one lineup in everything. They don't care about field size or anything like that. You you, you could you could extract edge from that. But in general, those contests have much stronger players. Doesn't mean you can't win those. Doesn't mean you can't be profitable in those. But me personally, I I don't need to play at the best poker table. I don't need to be the seventh best player at a nine. That I don't need to be the fifth best player at a poker table of 10 people. Right? Just because it's like three times, four times higher in stakes. Like I'd just rather be the first or second best at a lower stakes table where I could just like easily rack up the money in the long run. I may not make as much money, but I also do I have to, do I have to like outplay someone that half the table is better than me? No, I straightforward. Just build the lineups. There you go. Long run. Wait for it. Wait for a bink. It'll happen. Cause there's plenty of bad players in here. <sighs> T Mac, can you explain how you know that what lineups are plus EV and DFS? Price Pick seems very black and white to me, but I struggle with the DFS concept. That's because there's eight hundred different variables in DFS, and they're and they they all move with each other. If you knew, if you knew the exact lineups in a contest, you knew the exact lineups, you could run a sim. You can run a, a simulation of the contest and determine. And every simulation with the prize structure which lineups win and which lineups lose, right? You could run a simulation using correlation matrix, right? Right. So you're, you're running the Monte, even if it's just Monte Carlo Sims of all the players with the correlation matrix, like you could, you could run that. If you knew all the lineups, because I mean, that's what ownership is. The ownership is projected, right? Right now, which is, oh, it's projected to be 14% on, but that doesn't say what lineups he's in, right? That doesn't say anything. Just like okay, that's a a very broad sense of you know how much relative value are you able to get out of that player depending on how many points you share with others. But that's that's very broad because you're just you're projecting that you're estimating that. What lineups is he being played in? He it doesn't say that in the projections. So you would have to create, for instance, and this is what a lot of top people do. They do contest sims and they they make lot they create a, a representative field oh they're playing the mill and it's hard and let me tell you to simulate that for the millimaker maker is, is, it's take takes a lot of time so even for a smaller field contest it's like okay well i'm just gonna i'll make the 400 lineups that i think are going to be in this contest based on these ownership projections and the strength of the field then I'll make the representative set of 400 and then run the 400 lineups and simulate the con simulate out the players and the contest uh, 10,000 times. Then you take each lineup and you divide it by 10,000. I mean, then you know, what's, what's the highest ROI lineups? What's the standard deviation of each lineup, right? The ROI could be like, Oh, eight, this lineup has an 8% ROI, but like it never wins first. Just cash is a lot more than often. Then it could, it, could, it could be 8%. And then there's some lineups that, oh, this lineup has a 32% ROI. Because in 10,000 Sims, it happened to win twice. And then in a lot of other Sims, it, it, was, it was in dead last. Right? So that would be a standard deviation thing also. That's how you would technically, that's the precise way of doing so. Right? That's a blunt method. But if you had the actual lineups, if you once everything locks, once the slate is over, many top players will literally take because now we know all the lineups take all the lineups including theirs and then run the sims and go what users what lineups had the highest roi the highest the highest expected roi right not on just one slate and then back test their own process based on that like that is the technical way of doing so bluntly you have to determine that for yourself we use stuff like median projection sum ownership sum ownership product the balance of projection correlation and leverage that's blunt methodologies if you played the millie maker and you put in your you you played every player that was 30 plus percent owned like basically a double up lineup that's a negative ev lineup in the millie maker in a double up it's not but in the millie maker it is it make cash more often but since most of the equity is top-heavy and in top spots, the top spot one probably negative EV. A lineup that projects ninety points lower than that is probably also negative EV, because it just like how often does yeah I'm going to play I'm going to play uh, nine spots and six of them are going to be the, the the fourth running back on the team and the backup quarterback. Like, is it how often does that one? rather it's projected too low. So you need to find a balance between the two. And correlation adds to the projection. If you obviously, if the quarterback does well and the wide receiver does well, they probably do well together. So you're tra- taking those three elements. It's not like prize picks. We have the numbers. Like you're comparing actual numbers. Sports betting, sports betting, for instance, is like fifty to hundred times easier than DFS. Or poker. Poker's five hundred times easier. Because you have fixed probabilities. Like, there's only so many cards in the deck. There's 52 cards. We know what they are. We know what we've seen. How often does this hand beat that hand based on what we've seen? Well, there's no such thing as, well, in today's deck, maybe there's 15 clubs. Or maybe in today's deck, there are no queens. Like, that's what happens in DFS, right? And every hand has a salary. It's like, oh, well, aces are no good if you have to spend... If it costs you, it costs you twelve thousand for an ace. This, but uh, this this queen is underpriced. I mean, there's just so much, so many more variables in DFS than there are in games like poker or even in sports betting. And without some type of precise methodology, that you're doing some type of advanced computer programming, you could you only have to you have to rely on blunt methodology. So yes, there's a technical way of doing so because you're not gonna be you're not gonna be able to do that in your head because these aren't fixed probabilities. Like we could project, we could say today that Russell Wilson, we have a projection of 18.54. That's just the median. That's just the 50th percentile. How what does his distribution look like? How often does he have? Like it's not like oh, how many clubs are left in the deck? This oh eight, and how many cards have we un- not seen? Oh at 45. So divide the two. Okay. It's a five, it's a five and a half to one shot. Like you, you can't do that in DFS. Poker has fixed probabilities. Sports betting has fixed probabilities also. Cause you're just comparing like the distribution of one player to a line that, that at the moment didn't move, right? You're looking at AJ Dillon 53 and a half and you're going based on simulating uh, AJ Dillon's performances and regressing and doing all the fancy stuff. How often does A.J. Dillon beat, you know, what, what is his 50th percentile outcome? You go, oh, his 50th percentile outcome is 58. And you go, well, is it worthwhile to ne- now, It's a plus EV to bet over 53 and a half? You don't have to concern yourself with what other people have. And you don't have to put together nine players in a lineup. And then, uh, then consider what other people are going to do also. Like, it's it's, it's, you're, it's just one-to-one. That's a, That's why not that hard to it's not that hard to beat the books it's not hard to beat the market in sports betting the hard part is getting the money they're getting enough substantial money now for it to be worth to do it right so if you're betting if you're doing fifty hundred dollars a week in sports betting there's no reason why you should you should be profitable especially in props in DFS you're competing there's so much there's so many more variables and without knowing precise numbers, like even in a showdown contest, if like someone's ownership is off by 5%, that could change your dupe calculation from, oh, I think this lineup is going to be dupe three times to this th- lineup is dupe 22 times. Like just, like just like that. That's for minor discrepancies. And you're, you're you're making a calculation and that's a blunt methodology also. So you have to weigh all these variables in some way and do it bluntly if you obviously, if you get the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players, I teach you how to do this, right? I teach it on this show. I mean, if you you, you want to watch all these shows, you'll get the same information. But if you want nice, wrapped up, structured in 10 chapters, and come with, uh, you know, uh, exclusive Excel tools, for you do this quicker, just go to theoryofdfs.com go pick it up but like i said you don't even have to i mean obviously you need to download this you need to buy this to get the, the excel tools but all the concepts are in here if you could go back you could go back i've been doing the show for almost three years go back to the first one you could listen to all that if you don't want to spend the money feel free to spend the, the 800 hours like all of it is in there i've repeated myself plenty of times Uh, let's see. JWH, is there a way to quantify the odds differential between, say, over 50 yards and over 60 yards? In spread betting, you could add points and the odds shift as a result, but no way to do so with props. Well, you'd have to see what the distribution of that player for that stat is. It may not be the same for different players. Understand, picture a slot receiver and picture a, a a slot receiver with an a dot of 3 and an outside receiver with an a dot of 12 their distributions would be different okay the slot receiver if they if they if their yardage moves right 5 yards to them it's just one is one reception right one reception for a, that that doesn't have a high target share and is a 12A dot is much higher. Right? Just think the common sense. I mean, you could do this mathematically. I mean, that's what you you should be doing it mathematically. But think in terms of, if there's a receiver on a team that averages only getting two targets a game, and averages 15 yards per target. Averages. That's the average. So if I set the line, Right, if the median line was 30 yards, right? Because the average, we have to expect the median is is, you know, what if two two receptions for 30 yards. And I set the line at 30. What's the difference between the line being at 30 and the line being at 31 for that receiver? 32 for that receiver. How much does the extra two yards? It's basically how how far was the two passes that he got. Right, he's only going to get two passes anyway, most likely. If he gets a third one, he probably beats out 30 by 10 yards. So the difference between 30 and 32 for that receiver's distribution is not that dramatic. He's only going to get two. T- he's only probably only going to get two receptions, just depending on and how long those receptions are. Let's say it's a slot receiver that has an A dot of five. Same prop, for 30 yards on, what, six receptions for 30 yards. That If that moves a yard, that means much, much more to that type of receiver, right? Because he's going to see a lot more, he's going to get a lot more receptions. You get some seven-yard receptions instead of five-yard receptions, very easy to beat 30, 30 versus 31 versus 32. If it moves 10 yards, he needs two more receptions. Well, that, that's, a, that's too far now. But for the other person that has a much higher A dot, going from 30 to 35 isn't that as dramatic of a difference as you think compared to going to 30 to 35 for the slot receiver's distribution. Because they have different distributions. Okay. So it depends on the distribution of the stat. Well, how do I make the formula whatever? I don't have a formula for that. Like, like I say, I do things using blunt methodologies. And I'm playing on a site, because I'm not betting like sportsbook props, I'm in Kentucky, I can't do that legally, that need a 58% win probability. So if you're sitting there going, I'm not sure if this is low, I'm not sure this is high enough, then it isn't, okay? You need a 58% implied win probability, which means it has to be significantly off. It has to be significantly off. So I don't have to worry about a formula. You know why? Because if I see that the Blitz says someone has a meaning outcome of 67 yards and their prop is 20, why do I have to make the... Fo- Obviously, it's good. The Blitz's mean projection is three and a half times higher than the prop. Do I, Do I have to... Well, maybe I need to look why do I have to look at anything anymore? If you notice, look how many, look how many props uh Pricepix has. 99% of them are bad. 99% of them. And the one percent that are good will disappear very quickly. Okay? You have to find them. It's a treasure hunt. And also you have to realize that if you find them and then three days go by and nothing has moved. You have to consider that maybe uh, maybe the projections are a little little uh, over overestimating some stuff at least compared to the market, right? So when people ask, it's like, well, it's ten yards good enough for this? It's like, did you and I'll say to them, I said, I want you to look at the blitz projections and then I want you to look at uh, at the price fix numbers. I go, have you ever looked at the blitz projections and the price fix number and go, and thought that like something you had to ask a question and go are you sure that the projection is right if you if you're doing that that means that then then you're hammering it. okay that's how big of a discrepancy you need okay if you have any doubt then you shouldn't be betting on it okay it should be so obvious to you right you're looking down you go hmm Maybe I should bet the McCaffrey over 50 and a half, being that the, what does what the, the Blitz have him, like 25 yards higher than that? Seems good to me. That seems like a big enough discrepancy to me. Right? But I don't look at this. I don't look at like, you know, oh, oh, oh Rashad Penny, 55 and a half, and the Blitz has him at 58. Is that enough? No, obviously it's not enough. Is 62 enough? No, it's obviously, it's a, most likely not. Seven yards enough? No. Did you look at the prop and go, wow, the Blitz has him at 90? Over. Like, obviously, it doesn't have it at 90. Like, that's what your reaction should be. Because you need a 58% implied win probability for a prize picks, an underdog, on average. So it's not like you're betting minus 110s on a... It's not like, oh, the line is 55 on Rashad Penny and Ivan projected for 59. And it's a minus one hundred five bet. Like, you could fi- you could find one to two percent. You could you, those. Then you could bet on more props like that on a straight sports book. But these are fixed parlays, which means they have to be significantly enough off. So what what's the, what's what's the signal? What's the blunt signal that they're significantly enough off that you're doing a double take? That 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 they're off enough where they're like, what? Did did they put it? Did someone at Prize Picks put a? Was there a typo? Did they put in the wrong player's projection? If you're not having that reaction, then you shouldn't be betting on it. Now, if are you able to understand the distributions of the players, then yeah, then then you could then you could judge it a little bit easier. Do you have to do you have to take their? Do you have to sim out stuff and do Monte Carlos and then throw it in a? a Poisson distribution or something. They, they don't have to do any of that. Not for prize picks, at least. They should be far enough off that, bluntly, maybe maybe, maybe you get some wrong. So, Then They weren't as far off as they should be. But for the most run, you should, be, you, should be, you should have a double. You should, what, what, why? should look and go, well, this rushing prop is 25 yards off. This one... This, one, this 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 receiving prop, the Blitz has this guy at 47 yards. And the prop is 20. That seems like a lot. Well, then, then you take it. There you go. It's not, this isn't complicated. People overcomplicate this stuff. That's what you should be betting on anyway. Not the difference of three yards here and there. No, the, the, the VIG is too high for you to do that. Uh J.W.H. Uh, uh, J.W.H. clarifies on the tennis stuff. Tennis scoring is probably even more bimodal than MMA. The in-match scoring is that is not directly correlated to winning or losing. Like strikes, takedowns and MMA is almost non-existent. OK. Uh, Matt Mears, if there are any significant upgrades to the tools in the works. I mean, you'd have to talk to James. Nothing I've specifically discussed with him. You can get those tools. Theory of DFS.com, Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports for Advanced Players. How to apply profitable DFS strategies. Six hours of audio, ten chapters. Get seven Excel tools that you can use to do stuff quicker and more accurate. You Use that alongside a lineup builder tool like Lineup HQ. jwh does your point on weakest contests from a large field perspective exclude the contests you can't play yeah yeah obviously i can't i can't play the one i can't play the mini maxes i can't play the quarter arcade i guess those are the weak are those the weakest contests? i guess i guess those are the weaker contests but of course billy maker is a special breed because there's tiny you know it's promoted very heavily you get a lot of casual participation in that also but yes the lower stakes obviously so i can't play the low stakes you know there's probably 400, 500 people that can't play the low stakes that that make very good lineups. So, like, obviously, those contests will be weaker. Because I'm not saying everyone is bad in the low stakes, but at least by eliminating the top four hundred players from building hundred and fifty lineups and throwing them in, if I if if I was allowed to play the quarter arcade, I just I, I'd throw it on. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, I made a thousand bucks. But I mean, I'm already playing more than that anyway. But there's no there's no time there's no there's no opportunity cost for doing so. I could build I could build I can build a hundred lineups and throw them into everything. It's not like poker. I can't play on 14 tables at once live. You do that online. But still, there's some you have to make real-time decisions, even if you're playing online poker. DFS doesn't work that way. Once I upload the lineups and the locks and there's no late swap or something, like I'm done. There's nothing, doesn't matter how many lineups. I could handle that. uh cano is dead can you show the formula to calculate two players communal of ownership in a tourney is 15 percent 0.15 or yes it should be 0.15 if you're multiplying them together yeah that's what you should be using but it's like 15 plus 15 is 30 right i mean like just, just, right you add 11 plus 10 plus 42 plus 34 plus 46 plus 50 is what of cumulative ownership, total ownership sum. You just add them. If you were going to multiply them together, get ownership product, you'd do 0.1175 times 0.1098 times 0.4245. I didn't realize we were going to do how to add numbers today. I didn't know. Add and multiply numbers. We get the real, the real basics, the real basics. All right. Two plus two, four multiplication tables. Are we doing multiplication tables also? Seven times eight, 56, right? And we got the chat 69 in there. Okay. These spam bots are getting out of control. Okay. Give me those dummy thumbs on your way out the door. Uh, tomorrow we'll have a, you know, casual Friday. Probably probably talk about the Sunday NFL slate. Right. Today is kind of like we got showdown tonight. We got a showdown show, 7:30 Eastern, right? Because there's no MLB. There's no MLB show. Right. We got nothing. We got the NFL pre-lock show later, later today. So tune into that. There's a ton of premium content coming out. I got the game theory show, the NFL Game Theory show that comes out tomorrow afternoon. I record that with Tuttle. Uh they're we'll doing the pregame show. We'll talk about the main slate a bit. Uh I always have my RG Discord channel. Right, so sign up to Roto Grinders. It's a premium channel. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Join me in the Blenders Game Theory channel. You can ask me anything there any, anytime you want, right? that That's instead of DMing me on Twitter or whatever. Like that's that's the place that I, that's, that's where you post your stuff. And two or three times a month, I do Zoom coaching sessions, right? You know, we go on audio video. I walk you through anything, answer anything you want, hang out. We don't record anything for that either. You could say whatever the hell you want. So join me. Join me there. Oh, JWH, do you have poker content anywhere? No. There's tons of good poker content. There's no reason for me to make poker content. There's tons of, and also, when I played poker professionally, it was like 2004 to 2008. A lot of po- a lot, a lot about poker has changed even since then. From from a a lot a, 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 from a. High level perspective. You could still go to your local card room if you read the two plus two books, right? From the the nineties and the two thousands, you could still go to your local card room and and be perfectly fine, right. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about GTO play. Trust me, trust me, you don't. I've played here at the at the horseshoe over the river in Indiana, right? I played in those games. Like you you don't you don't you don't need to use you don't need to study solvers. To beat those games you, you don't trust me you don't right they're a little bit better than they were back in 2004 2003 a little bit better but still it's still no one no no one, no one's playing no, no, the average player isn't playing that advanced anymore oh mike b says ever use a do predictor it says under five and it's to 330 times yeah that happens yeah that absolutely happens you have to have the ownership right right? If you're off on the ownership, it could dramatically affect stuff. Like the other day I'd cup captain ownership too low and it was already, it was already high. Like I had Cooper cup captain at 28% and it turned out to be like 35%. I had the 49ers defense at 13% and they came in at 22%. Okay. One. And I had a lot of both, which means all those lineups went from under fives to over twenties immediately. Now, those lineups did well, but I'm not looking to play lineups that are duped over 20 times. But That's based on the ownership numbers, right? I'm off on ownership. it's gonna. That's what's going to affect that. <coughs> so it's not just the ownership, from because I adjust my own ownership, right? I'm like, okay, not many people are going to play this, but everyone was off, right, around the industry. Oh, yeah, Cooper Cup is going to be the most high-owned captain. He's at 28, 30, comes into 35 right all oh, the defenses aren't going to be as owned <clears throat> right the rams 18 49ers 13 and it came in you know rams 21 49ers 22 it's like oh, you, if you don't have the right ownership in there you're not going to be able to calculate dupes very well especially in showdown there's a like one one thing one player's ownership will dramatically affect the other player's ownership because there aren't that many players in the player pool in a main slate it won't have as much of an effect because Oh, this guy's instead of 9%, he's 12%. Well, where did that 3% go? Well, kind of like drips and drabs to everyone else. The showdown contest, like the 3% goes directly to someone else. That, I mean, there's only, you know, you only got like 20 people that you can roster, right? It's going to go immediately to someone else. It's not going to go to some guy that, oh, they go from 0.2% don't to 0.4% don't. Oh, it doesn't really matter. Okay, so I'll see you guys tomorrow. Hit that thumbs up button. You know how much it helps out right hit the subscribe button if you're new here go subscribe to the scores and odds channel for for the for the betting content grant grant grant's going long right he doesn't have the turd bombs anymore i think with the baseball maybe he's doing that for the playoffs also i don't know go check it out see what's happening right will's over there with some prop stuff some monkey knife fight whatever right we got we got we got tons of stuff the blitz release show comes out later today i believe on thursday right we got we got we got stuff the solo ship gpp show a lot of stuff. So subscribe, hit that notification bell, and then I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm, I'm here for you guys. Always. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern. Answering your DFS strategy questions like I, uh, like I normally do. On the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.
0: <laughs>